Hello and welcome to the first Reorg Europe podcast of 2021. My name is Richard Woolley and today we're going to be taking a look at German beauty and perfume retailer Douglas, which is expected to start debt negotiations with lenders in the coming weeks. I asked our senior reporter Aurelia Siedelhofer for some background on the name and what its capital structure looks like. So Douglas is a retail chain with about 2,200 outlets across Europe, mainly in Germany, but also in Italy, France and Spain. And it sells high-end cosmetic products, as well as perfume from brands such as Chanel, Dior and MAC. The group is owned by the private equity company CVC. As for the capital structure, it consists of a large chunk of secured debt and a small 335 million slice of an unsecured bond. The secured debt uh, consists of a 1.37 billion term loan, a 300 million term loan B, a 300 million senior secured bond, as well as a 200 million RCF. So this gets us to a bit over 2 billion of secured debt. The problem is that all of this debt falls due in 2022, and the timing is not great since the pandemic is impacting the group's earnings. This means it could be hard for the group to refinance its debt on the market, and this is why many investors expect that there could be a financial restructuring. How has the group's performance been over the past year and has the switch to online trading softened the effect of the pandemic to any extent? Yes, Douglas has made a number of operational changes, including a rebranding of a lot of the stores in Germany, as well as implementing an ambitious e-commerce plan. And these have shown some signs of success. In the 12 months to June 2020, the group said about 20% of total sales were generated online, and a recent German news article said for the year 2020, the share rose further to about 30% of revenue. We can assume that this has helped the company to compensate for the COVID-19 related store closures in Germany, Italy and France. But it's a bit hard to say whether it was enough to prevent a slump in sales over the Christmas period. The German press had reported that Douglas revenue in this period was down only by a single digit percentage which would be very good given the circumstances. But the company hasn't confirmed this yet and it's not clear whether the article referred to sales in Germany or across the whole group. What about the business model pre-COVID? Well, generally speaking, before the pandemic hit, Douglas' financial performance showed signs that the management's rebranding and pricing strategy was working and financial results were good. There were, however, significant discrepancies between the markets. So, for example, performance in the home market, Germany, was mixed with intense price competition and margins below its 10% target, closer to 7%. Store closures were already anticipated by investors. The transforming deals of 2017 in Spain and Italy, uh, of about 600 stores between four brands, have not really lifted margins despite the integration and operational restructuring efforts. And France, the company's second largest market, has remained broadly satisfying with margins of about 15%. So, it's clear that Douglas needs to rationalize its store network. The group has about 2,200 stores in Europe, and according to press reports, about 500 of those are likely to be closed for good. We at Reorg estimate that it will cost the group about 200,000 to 300,000 euros for each store that it wants to close. And unfortunately, Germany's new restructuring tool, the so-called German scheme, is unlikely to help the company terminate these leases. 
Okay, and what kind of views do you take on uh, valuation? Well, under the base case of our model, Douglas value breaks in the unsecured notes with a recovery of about 7% uh, based on a 7.5 terminal multiple, which is less than the valuation at the time of the leverage buyout in 2015. In our high case, the unsecured bonds remain in the money and an equity cushion of a few hundred million euros exists. The group has sufficient liquidity to operate in the base and high cases. The low case sees liquidity tighten in the fourth quarter of 2021, but it remains sufficient. But as we said earlier, um, the operational turnover may mean that the group needs more money. So this could mean additional liquidity needs. Investors have different views about this, but overall the consensus seems to be that senior secure debt is unlikely to be impaired. If the enterprise valuation is more than 2.1 billion, which is the latest report netted, then an equity injection makes sense in conjunction with an amend and extend of the capital structure. If the valuation is lower, then you could talk about a haircut, um, especially for the unsecured debt, uh, for example. Before Christmas, um, we produced a model of different financial scenarios for the group. Overall, our base case EBITDA for the 2021-2022 financial year is about 300 million, with an upset case of about 330 million. And that compares to an LTM EBITDA of 220 million. Douglas's unsecured bond is quoted at about 83. It rose by almost 17 points on reports that revenue had performed better than expected over the Christmas period. The senior secured notes are quoted at about 98, also up by a few points. There doesn't look like there's an immediate trigger facing the group, but the impending maturities in 2022 give an incentive for it to start thinking about how it will refinance. I caught up with legal analyst Shan Qureshi to talk about the most likely restructuring options for the group and what it could do to refinance and tackle these impending maturities. When looking at Douglas and any possible restructuring, we need to look firstly at what the financial solution is and then how that solution is implemented. Looking at the solution, we've heard investors expect initial talks to be focused on an amend and extend solution of the notes with a potential equity injection from the sponsor CVC or a new investor. With an amend and extend, that means that the maturity of a large amount of bank debt and notes maturing in 2022 will need to be pushed back. Notably, those lenders will also want the maturity of the 2023 notes to be pushed back to behind them to avoid any sort of temporal subordination. The bank debt maturing in 2022 massively outweighs the notes, so any negotiations are likely to be controlled by the bank debt holders. From what we've seen, the group doesn't appear to need any new liquidity at the moment. Lowering, lowering leverage is also likely to be a priority. However, we expect this would be worked out through debt repayment. The issue with trying to impart a haircut on junior note holders is that shareholder CVC would also likely have to give up some of its equity. A full-blown restructuring resulting in part equitization of the debt is quite an extreme option. It would almost certainly involve CVC giving up a lot, if not all of its equity, if the group seeks to wipe out its junior debt. Further, the group would, would need to enter some sort of default or there would need to be another trigger. And at this moment, it doesn't look like that's likely to open. The other aspect to look at is possible store closures. The group's shift to online trading, and of course the effects of the pandemic, mean that the group has many physical stores which are no longer economically viable. 
the group could, alongside a financial restructuring, attempt to close some of those doors. How could the group implement that kind of uh, amend and extend strategy? Broadly speaking, there are two routes, the consensual route and the coercive route. Depending on the relevant amendment and consent thresholds across the capital structure, the group could reach out to each tranche of lender with consent solicitations requesting permission to amend its loan documents. However, the thresholds for amendments under the notes are likely to be 90% and loan documents could require up to 100%. Practically speaking, that's impossible to obtain. The group could therefore is likely to use a coercive process. Douglas could be one of the first companies to take advantage of Germany's new restructuring tool, the German scheme, which came into force this year in early January. The new German tool could be used to amend the terms of the group's debt documentation, much like an English law scheme, and could also be used to terminate leases for underperforming stores on a non-fully consensual basis. In other words, the tool could work like an English law CVA, allowing the group to walk away from the leases of underperforming stores. We are, however, unsure how this would work in practice, given that the German scheme tool is rather nascent. Now, the German scheme is an out-of-court proceeding which can be used as an implementation tool to affect restructuring plans and bind creditors to the terms of an approved plan. Much like the English law scheme of arrangement, creditors will be placed into separate classes according to their legal rights against the debtor, and 75% consent by value of each class is required for the scheme to pass. The German scheme also features the option of cross-class cramdown which means that a dissenting class cannot obstruct a plan which is approved by a majority of the other classes. Alternatively, the group could use an an English law procedure, such as the new Part 26A restructuring plan or the existing English law scheme. The advantage of the Part 26A is that it also features cross-class cramdown, whereas the scheme procedure does not. Cross-class cramdown means that a dissenting group of class creditors, in our, in our case perhaps the junior creditors, could have a deal forcing them. I think finally it's worth commenting that whether the group uses an English law procedure or a German procedure will depend on a variety of factors, including cross-border recognition. As ever, there's a lot more on the name on the Reorg website, reorg.com. We'll be back in a few weeks with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, thank you very much for listening.